Welcome everyone to the Simon Dan podcast. This is the place where science and conspiracy collide. We are on episode six, would you believe? Uh, we're heading towards 2021. It's got to be better than 2020, hasn't it? Anyway, let's get the, the, the Everlord co-host on. Once again, the main man himself joins me. He is still looking for the Blackburn Rovers shiny from the 1994 Premier League sticker album. It's Cats. Welcome, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. <laughs> Did you have a good Christmas? Uh, yes, it was very, very good. Yeah, lo- lots of food eaten and lots of uh, drink drunk and lots of presents. How about you? Yeah, yeah, really good. Although my biggest present is waiting for the uh, Doctor Who special on New Year's Day. I'm really looking forward to that. The Daleks are back. So uh, you, I've fallen out a bit with Doctor Who since, um, uh, was it Tom Smith? Is that the guy who was the last one? Uh, it was, um, oh, it was oh, Peter no. Capaldi, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, before him. I'm talking about before him. Before Peter oh, Capaldi. Matt Smith, yeah. Matt Smith, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I, kind of, I liked it with Matt Smith and then I just kind of fell out of it. Um, I know you're a big fan, aren't you? Well, it's um, yeah, I am a bit, I am a big fan, but I, I do have my favourite series and my favourite episodes, and I think I think I, I've, I've got to look back to the David Tennant episodes where oh, I yeah. think that was where it was at its peak. He really. was class, David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, superb. Uh, so, any any flat Earth news this week? It's been really slow, isn't it, on the flat Earth front recently? Very, mate, very, very slow. Um, is yeah, this it? Do you reckon this is it? No new arguments. Are they are they finally crumbling? Do you reckon? I think, you know what, I think they might be. I think they might be. I think it must take a lot of effort to continually invent new fields of science. You know, yeah. they move faster than actual scientists in inventing new fields they of do, science. They do, don't they? Yeah. yeah no, no peer review with them. <laughs> no, just get, bang it out there, yeah. yeah. And it's them. never wrong, which is no, no, incredible. No. Never wrong, never wrong. Uh, anyway, mate, it dawned on me that, um, you know, I bring you in every week, but you haven't got a jingle. Do you, oh. do you want a jingle? Uh, you know, I would love a jingle. Right, that would be I, a great Christmas. I'll get on with Wolf. I'll get on to Wolf and I'll say, sort me out a jingle for Cats for the podcast. So whenever we bring you on, we'll have a little jingle. I did think That'd to myself, Cats, Cats, I've got a jingle for Guess the Conspiracy. I've got a jingle for the show. He must want his own jingle. So I thought I'd ask you. So, cool. That, that's, I never would have been cheeky enough to ask, but it has been on the back of my mind. Okay. I'm not saying I've lost sleep on it, <laughs> but these bags under my eyes are nothing to, you know, it's not stress related. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll get, I'll get Wolf on it and we'll have a jingle for you in no time. Anyway, we've got a guest. Should we bring her on? Let's do it. Cool. Uh, okay, joining us this week is an author and popular science communicator who has flown multiple microgravity research campaigns as a citizen scientist. She's an integral part of the commercial space industry and has spent time at the Mars Desert Research Station. It's Kelly Garadi. Welcome, Kelly. How are you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Good, good stuff. Are you looking forward to uh, 2021? Because we're almost almost at the end. Now. I am. I'm, I'm done with this year. That, I think we all are. Me and Katz were just saying there we are. We've had enough of, of 2020. Um, so I guess the first thing to ask you, Kelly, is uh, where exactly did this love of space flight come from? I mean, it's 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 quite serendipitous that you were born in Jupiter, Florida, but where did it come from? Yeah, yeah. My hometown has always been very on brand for my love of space. But, yeah. you know, much to my chagrin, I was a late blooming space nerd. I wasn't one of those kids who grew up saying I'm going to be an astronaut and then sort of charting course from there. I meandered through school. I meandered through college. I got a film degree. I really had zero idea wow. what I wanted to do in life. I did love storytelling. That was something that always has captivated me, has been really interesting, just the idea of holding an audience's attention span, something I loved. And science was always something that fascinated me, although I didn't pursue a, you know, academic degree in it. 
after school, I ended up graduating the same year that the space shuttle program retired. I ended up really serendipitously meeting um, some amazing people through the Explorers Club in New York City. And they were astronauts who were private astronauts. And it was specifically folks working on the commercial side. Okay. I had never heard of a commercial space flight industry before. I only knew NASA yeah. at that time. It opened my eyes and it opened the aperture of my understanding of this entire ecosystem that was starting at the ground floor. And it was like a light switch turned on and I was so motivated to get involved. And, and that really kickstarted the last decade of my life where I've spent on the commercial space industry side. Yeah. And, and what a decade it's been. Um, you've, you've flown in a variety of um, microgravity research flights, haven't you? Test, and you tested a biomonitor suit. Is that right? That's correct. And that, yeah, that I went on to commercials, be... spacesuits from Final Frontier Design, prototype suits. Um, I've also tested them in analog environments, like you mentioned, the Mars Desert Research Station, also in microgravity. And then I've tested Biomonitor, which was a, an undergarment, a smart garment from yeah. the Canadian Space Agency designed to track the biometrics of astronauts while they work out on the space station. So I had the ability to test that in microgravity. And then a few weeks later, I saw it launch. To it's the gone, isn't it? Yeah, they use it. It's, it's incredible. How did you how did that come about the, the, the vest? Yeah, absolutely. So so this was um, CSA, Canadian Space Agency Supported Research. And I have done microgravity research in partnership with Project Possum, which is part of the International Institute of Astronautical Sciences. And so this is a citizen science group. It's a suborbital research group. And these are scientists and researchers who are coming together to sort of crowdsource data validation sure, and yeah. collection. And so it's been really exciting to work together on a multidisciplinary team. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fantastic, actually. Um, awesome. Did did you ever get to keep anything you tested? <laughs> so, good question. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, unfortunately, <laughs> although the technology has been amazing. Um, but I have gotten to fl fly personal mementos. So I did travel a lot the first year my daughter was born. Um, I missed a lot of little firsts in her life. She's three years old now. But oh, in nice. one of my first microgravity flights, I did have a little patch that was designed for her birth by a NASA space mission patch artist oh, who cool. has done a lot of shuttle patches and ISS patches. And I got to fly that in microgravity during our first few parabolas where we just kind of acclimatized to zero G conditions. And I flew her patch and I flew um, a bunch of them in my pocket as well so that I could give them to her when she's older and she'll have fun little mementos. Oh, that's brilliant. That's oh. uh, what Recently, one of my subscribers actually, he sent me a little tiny um, ring that was on the Apollo 16 uh, aircraft. I just can't believe, I cannot believe that it's been there, but I just can't believe it. Um, it's amazing, yeah. It's incredible, Space isn't it? flown mementos are yeah. just so cool. It's crazy. Um, you also ended up being, if I'm correct, in the final 100 applicants for the now-cancelled Mars One mission. What was it like getting that far? What were they expecting you to do? You know, it's such a funny period of my career, and, and I look back on it with... Uh, I'm sort of, you know, in between how I feel about it. Very hot, very cold. Yeah. Um, you know, never was this ever a an engineering mission, right? Like this, this was a, an organization with a single media premise, right? Sure. They were banking on the fact that the spectacle of sending humans to Mars was worth the capital investment, right? Yeah. It, was, it was like straight up ROI for what could this be? And, you know, to be fair to them, you know, you look at something like the Olympics, you look at something like, you know, Shackleton's expedition to Mount Everest, like that was funded by documentary rights. So there's precedent for this kind of thinking. And to me, what was so attractive is that 
you know, it, it resonated with me that I do believe this is more of an economic challenge than an engineering challenge, yeah. sending humans to Mars. I yeah. believe that that's where we're at. We need the national will. We need the capital. So uh, to me, I was very excited to be a part of that conversation. Never once did I think, oh, my flight is leaving, you know, in the next few years. I knew that this was a, a non-zero chance, but like Lloyd okay. Christmas, you know, and Dumb and Dumber, it's like, yeah, yeah. you're saying there's a there's chance, chance yeah. <laughs> right? It's like that endless optimism that's carried me pretty far in my career. So there wasn't a lot of meat on the bones with the Mars One mission. You know, I, I can't point to anything that made me think, yeah, this is, they, they've got this all figured out. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think it was helpful in removing a little bit of the giggle factor in yeah. the global conversation of human settlement of another planet. It made it that much more real it did. for people to yeah. know we're alive in a time where that's even feasible. Well, I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm sure Katz is the same, but I'm, I'm fascinated by, by a potential mission to Mars. Um, yeah. And I've heard you in an interview say that your passion is space settlement. and You've been, as we said in the beginning, you've been part of a research team that spent time on at the Mars Desert Research Station. I mean, you partly answered it anyway, but how close are we really to settling on Mars? Is it just I mean, money? We're very far. We're very, we're very far, far. Okay. From, from the practicalities of, you know, truly a self-sustaining yeah. settlement off Earth. But I think what's fascinating about it, it to me is, you know, you think about such a different type of mission from a shuttle flight or even a longer duration, six month stay on the ISS, right? And you think, okay, if the right candidate profiles um, for a high octane orbit of the earth or stay on the space station were sort of these steely eyed test pilots, who's the ideal candidate to make a home out of another planet, right? It sort of flips the entire model on its head and as space flight evolves, I do think crew needs and candidate profiles will evolve too. And that's where analog situations can be really helpful in factoring in some of those softer interpersonal dynamics. And, and did they talk much about the fitness of, of, the, of the astronauts as well? Because obviously you'd, on a different, you'd be, you would be in a different planetary environment, obviously less, slightly less gravity. Is fitness yeah. a big part of that? everything medical is going to be a part of that, right? I mean, you you just can't possibly get further from help if you need it in that environment. (laughs) And in our simulation, you know, we we obviously were here on Earth, um, but we did have a commitment together as a crew to completely, you know, commit to as high fidelity of a simulation as we could. And that included uh, knowing that we would not break simulation except for the event of loss of limb, life, or consciousness, right? We weren't going to break the sim um, in order to, to contact emergency services. We did have trauma surgeons, folks were cross-trained in small sutures and in in medical first aid. Um, And so we felt very confident about that, but yes, on, on Mars, you know, this is an environment that is, not compatible with human life and so everything in that environment is hostile and deadly yeah yeah i need to i need to stop i was going to mention a possible conspiracy theory there relating to mars but I'm, i need to stop because i end up messing up the end the game at the end because i give people clues so i'm <laughs> going to stop there but anyway cats and i um so what we do is i'm sure you where we try and debunk conspiracy theorists uh and space is a massive part of this at the moment it's a huge thing um did you know there's a growing number of people who don't believe that space even exists? And by extension, the planets are nothing more than luminaries in the sky. Did you know that? I did. I, did. I wish I didn't know that, yeah. but I did. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? So like, like it's, it, it kind of, it, it's a real um, punch in the arm to the to people like you who are, who are putting everything into trying to get to these places. And they're just yeah. saying, they're just saying, no, they don't exist. They're just, they're just 
lights in the sky. And to someone like Buzz Aldrin, it's a little yeah. punch in the face. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen that yeah. video, but it's, it's one of my oh, yeah. favorites. Yeah. <laughs> the moon yeah. landing deniers. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Not that we're condoning violence on this podcast, but it never, was never. it was uh, it was a quite humorous uh, humorous Very video. Very funny. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so the anti-space conspiracy is a major part of the flat Earth belief. Have you had any experience with flat earthers? I have, I have, you know, I have a, a pretty robust digital footprint online yeah. and on social media platforms. And so over the years, I have certainly attracted a fair number of flat earth trolls, everything from Masonic conspiracy theories to, you know, take your pick. I'm sure you guys are much more well-versed in them than I have been. I haven't even recognized some of the things that were said to me. But, yeah, well, they, all, yeah, they always... Like they always weed out the people that like they always find someone don't they like we had Do dr becky on uh the podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was doing a live uh youtube and i believe there was a flat earther masquerading as a normal person in the comments asking all these like underhand questions trying to get oh it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous i, I don't cat cats feels the same as me but it's it's crazy how how they can they, they spend it's almost like they spend most of their time looking for guys like you to have a pop at yeah, absolutely. It's a sport. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, good way of putting it, actually. Yeah. Um, there's actually a worrying trend that the percentage of millennials who don't believe in the moon landing is rising. Is this a consequence of the fact we haven't seen manned missions to anywhere other than the ISS since 1972? It's so hard to say what that's a function of. You know, I, I look at sort of our global scientific literacy and i would expect that that trend you know whether it's space or any other aspect of science would be rising with access to information and and sort of you know the democratization of education and yeah. just all of these things and learning tools that we have but in fact in so many ways especially this year 2020 with a public health crisis globally sure. i've noticed the exact opposite and i have noticed you know, every area of conspiracy theory where I would expect a much higher degree of scientific literacy and shared understanding. And so it's so hard for me to think of what could it point to. I do think that it is, um, you know, it's unfortunate that we haven't had the spectacle of human mm. spaceflight and here in the US, especially since the shuttle program retired to be dependent on other nations for these cosmic ride shares yeah. to the space station has even further removed the reality of human spaceflight from the public conscious. But um, it's so hard to say what is the cause of that because I have seen the disinformation so, so rapidly spreading across all areas of science. Yeah, I just find it hard to believe that people that weren't alive during that moon landing are so confident in doubting it. Yeah, or, you know, if anyone has had any experience working with the government before, you know, you would laugh at how farcical the idea is that there could be this broad and well-contained of a cover-up, you know, on that scale. It's just <laughs> impossible. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to play guess the conspiracy game. It's an it's a it's a growing great game. Uh, people, are, I think, what, what do you reckon, cats? Is it the is it the fastest growing game on the internet? Well, I, you know, I, this is only a rumor, but I did see that Woolworths and Argos had it stopped over Christmas because they were they've, well, they've turned it into a doesn't a surprise me. Quickly. Doesn't surprise me. So guess the conspiracy. Let's 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 do it.
So, Katz and I have both come up with a fake conspiracy, and there is another one in there that is real in that people actually believe it. And okay. your job is to try and figure out which one is fake. Sorry, which one is real in, and which two aren't. So, here we go. Number one, a species used to exist on Mars before they were evaporated by the solar winds due to the failing of Mars's magnetic field. That's conspiracy number one. Number two, every single astronaut that went to the moon were convicted felons that went along with faking the moon landing to get a full pardon. That's number two. And number three, the expansion of the universe is accelerating due to matty-antimatter collisions that are ripping the universe apart. Scientists know the exact date this will kill us all, but are not saying anything. So These are also the good. Yeah, so we're getting better. We're getting better at making the fake ones. Um, okay, and so remind me, I have to pick from those three. Which one is uh, based real? Based on the trolls I've seen, all could be very plausible yep. conspiracy theories, but I have to pick the one that is not actually a conspiracy theory. You, you've got to pick the one that is actually believed by people out there. Okay. So the other, t- the other two That's were made up by me and Katz. Wow, you guys are good. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you know, just to walk through my thought process a little bit. Okay. okay. The, the Mars, the, you know, ancient life on Mars, it seems believable that that could have been a conspiracy theory, just given the attention to sure. sort of find yeah. these coveted biosignatures. So I feel like that one is kind of believable. You know, people, people could, could think that I could see that happening. The felon one just made me laugh out loud when you shared it. I think that's so creative. I, I want to hope that that's you too, because I, I think it's very, very, very creative. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and then, and then the third one, you know, again, these are sort of, it feels more believable to me when people are picking apart sort of actual yeah. scientific, you know, Absolutely. theories and then adding their own conspiracy spin right at the end, like, but they're keeping it a secret, you know, that's, what's going to kill us all. Um, I don't want to put you under pressure, but it's cu- it's currently three one to the guests. So if you get this right, the guests have got a big lead, and me and Katz have got a lot of making. Oh up God, no pressure, right? Okay, okay, okay. I mm, I have to go with the laugh out loud middle one. The, the middle uh, one. Yeah, I okay. have to go with with the so, felons. So just confirm the full pardons for yeah. a moon ride. You you believe that that is a conspiracy that people actually believe, yeah? Is that what you're going for? I mean, it's just so absurd, and the people I've met on the internet are just so absurd that I, I'm almost throwing the dart at the most ridiculous one I can believe. But but now you're making me second guess myself. I do, me... I, I do always ask the person to come. Are they are they sure that I always ask that? So don't think it's something I'm trying to trick you. Yeah, I always say, yeah. can you, you okay. confirm? Um, it's in between that and the Mars biosignature for me, um, the ancient life. Uh, let me just go with the felon. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever felon. heard. Okay, here we go. <laughs> we did it, cats. We did it. Look We're back in that. the game. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so three, three, two to the guest. Yeah. So um, there is uh, there. Is, well, there's probably more than one person, but there is a guy who specifically believes that an ancient species existed on Mars. Um, has written books on it and everything. Um, the the felon one I I came up with and Cats had the, did the expansion of the universe one. So we we've done it, Cats. We've done it. It's three two. We're back well in done. the game. 
We're back in the well game. Well done. Although now that this will exist in the ether of the internet, I, I don't doubt that this will motivate someone to investigate that theory. People keep and saying that. the criminal I know. backgrounds People of our be, esteemed oh, moonwalkers. I'm making it worse, aren't I? Let me know. They will become conspiracies. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They will. <laughs> um, anyway, Kelly, it's been fantastic chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, where can we find you on your on your show, socials? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I exist everywhere at Kelly Girardi on all of my social media platforms. Perfect. Good stuff. Uh, Cats, you are at conspiracy. You know, what are you? At Cats Conspiracy. On at, what are you backwards for? Because somebody already had conspiracy cats and they wouldn't let me have it. Oh, yeah, I know. Great. Crazy, so, isn't it? At Cats Conspiracy, I'm at Simon Dan. Although I used to be at Dan underscore the underscore Cy underscore man, and someone had a go at me for the underscore, so I got rid of him. So, uh. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's it. We're all done. Uh, next week we have got Abby Richards on, who is the creator of the conspiracy chart that went viral on TikTok. So we'll see you all then. Goodbye. <laughs>